Anyways, welcome back, everybody, to the Into the Light podcast. We're just, we're so happy that you're here. It's been a while since we've recorded. I'm really happy to see Bray, and I'm really freaking hyped for our guest today. I'm That's excited to join us. This is be fun. So Sawyer is a friend of ours. I actually just met Sawyer two minutes ago, but Sawyer lives where I live and Aaron, where we all live. And <laughs> Sawyer's from Salt Lake and he goes to BYU studying English and him and I are family. His last name is Wood and my mom's maiden name is Wood. If you look at it's us, crazy. we look like cousins, huh? So similar. <laughs> I know you we'll do. We'll put a picture of the cousin with the Join the family tree. <laughs> I'm jealous. Uh, but we're so excited to have you today, Sawyer. I'm really excited yeah, to get excited to this to again. So we, I've known Sawyer for a couple months now. He's a really awesome dude. And when he reached out to see if he'd be able to share his story, I was super hyped. And so I think really we're just going to turn the reins over to you. We want some some background, first of all. Bray, you're usually better at asking this question. Actually, yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah. To you. Thank you. You're welcome. So we want to start off every episode with kind of your background of the gospel. I think that's super helpful to know. First, to kind of see what you what you have evolved to, and so kind of like, how did you grow up? Did you grow up with the gospel super prevalent in your life? Is your family active members? Were you guys like FHE type of people? Were you guys like go to church? We're done after that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So yeah, yeah. Tell right. us about that. So I, I grew up in Salt Lake City. My parents are like great. My family like goes back to the pioneers sort of thing. Like mm-hmm. people have like statues made of like them, <laughs> not like specifically them, but you know, like yeah, they yeah. helped build parts of Salt Lake and that kind of stuff. So pretty like deep roots, I would say. And, and pretty much my entire like family, extended family is active, that sort of thing. So I've grown up like in the church, going to activities, that sort of thing. Like I wouldn't say like necessarily every week, FEG, but like, you know, most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And we tried for sure. Did like super study, all that good stuff. And yeah, I think something that that my parents did really good in my family was like, we never really felt like forced into the gospel. Awesome. Like it was kind of just like, this is what we do because it makes us happy, you know? Mm-hmm. So we want our kids to be happy. So that's why we're helping you guys do that too. But it was never like, do this or you're like not in family anymore. Yeah. You know, like never like, we don't like you if you don't make a choice, that sort of thing. I don't, I don't feel like I, there's ever been a time in my life where I felt like, oh, my parents won't love me if I make this choice or whatever, you know? That's like regardless awesome. of what it is. So mm-hmm. I really love that about my parents. They're awesome. And yeah, I would say like a lot of people talk about kind of like the pressure of like growing up in the church sort of thing. And I feel like if I had, if I had to like give us a, a source for where like pressure came in from my life, I feel like it was honestly from myself. Mm. I kind of just have like, I'm like a perfectionist and like I want, you know, to be doing my best. I have to like worry about like, am I not like giving everything I could be doing? And so I think that, um, like as far as being like in the church or like feeling pressure to be involved in the church, that sort of thing was like from myself. Yeah. Like, I mean, sure. sure there's maybe like friends or other people in my like, great, like bigger extended family that like would sometimes maybe like, like often comment like, Oh yeah. You know, people aren't outside the church, but like, I didn't feel like specific pressure from yeah. like my, my close family. It was more of just something that we like, we did and I, and I liked. So, so yeah, I grew up like going to young men's, they like scouts, that good stuff, you know, have a lot of good friends, like friendships, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is that kind of answer Yeah, that question? was great. <laughs> that was great. That's I kind of curious though, like how did your parents do that? Like if you can give us an example of that, because that's, mm. that's, that's very particular. That's not the norm. Were, yeah. they, both, were they both returned missionaries? Or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, both my parents that's returned awesome. missionaries. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of like a specific example, because yeah, I, I just feel like it's, it's not. <laughs> no, it's okay. I feel like it's just like in general, my parents are just like the most loving people. Super like, welcoming. Yeah. Just kill them with just like, just love it. They just love everyone, just like unconditionally. And I, I just remember like a thing my parents would always say is like, just kind of like trusting. I feel like they trusted us a lot. Like they'd say like, mm-hmm. if we're like, I don't want to do this thing. I don't want to go to school today or whatever, you know, they'd be like, well, is that something that's really important to you? You know? Okay. If it's really important to you, but like they would make sure that we're making that intentional choice, you know? Yeah. So impressive. like, um, even at a young age yeah like, yeah which is like weird because you know i'm like i don't trust a kid to know what's important to them. <laughs> but, yeah. like sometimes it, it, it was like i don't know if they should have let me done that. but you know because at that point you don't want to disappoint them that's know? true but i think i think that the thing is it showed that they like trusted us mm-hmm. and they like cared about 
and valued our opinions as well. That's so awesome. I'm, I'm really grateful for that. So throughout like your childhood going into like high school, graduating high school, how was your like, oh, I keep saying life, that was gross. Uh, how was your spiritual development? Was yeah. it very like, did you have like one moment? I always call them jewels that like you think about and jewels. you're like, this like was the, the ruby of my spiritual journey. Yeah. I mean, like going through, like I would say I had some like good spiritual experiences for sure. I can remember like going on trek and being like, this is a good time. Like awesome. I like mm -hmm. this stuff. Or I remember like having good conversations about the gospel with my parents or that sort of thing. I remember, this is like, I don't know why I keep, I've kept thinking about this like this week, that there was this one time where I, I like told my parents like, I don't really know what the Holy Ghost feels like. Like, I don't know that I ever felt that. It's probably like 10 or 12 or something. And then, and I remember then like one day, I'm like, I think it was on a Sunday. I think it was like going to church or something. I'm just like sitting there eating cereal and I just like start feeling like really good. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like sitting there and like crying. Like, you know, You're being like, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, mom, this is what the Holy Ghost feels like. Oh. Like I understood. And it was like, um, yeah, I guess that that's, I wouldn't say I had very many like specific mm -hmm. instances, but, sure. but I definitely like had the good feelings, you know, of like, knowing that people cared about me, knowing that my word was like a community, mm -hmm. definitely felt like trusted by, or like I, I felt like I could talk with like my leaders, that sort of things. You were never like a rebel teenager type thing? Nah, I really <laughs> wasn't. It's true. I mean, I was a little rambunctious sometimes in like Sunday school. Like I was kind of like the like <laughs> kid, the, the kid that would like, you know, take the school, the like class like way off track. But like, that's, that's fine. That's how I am all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's facts. And I can, I can relate with that. Literally every time I have a bowl of cereal, I feel that way. I love cereal. <laughs> it just has a spiritual connection. I really, really, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I wanted to ask, though, like, when you're going through this mm -hmm. idealistic childhood, what what did the hard times look like for you? Like, times? you mentioned perfectionism. Mm -hmm. like what, what specifically was... Yeah, kind of a hard, that's a good question. I think, I think, so I was always, like, pretty good in school and that sort of thing. I think, like, I could get things done like I didn't have to like study for tests that much especially like going up like through middle school high school and I remember kind of at I said probably like last maybe like the last part of high school that like I started encountering things that I didn't really know how to deal with hmm. which were I would say probably more like generally spiritual things so I was like really involved in in like theater and like choir when I was in high school and I had a lot of yeah, it was a great experience loved it mm -hmm. I had a lot of friends there that like would start asking me stuff about like oh well I, I know I've heard your church does this thing or whatever right and I kind of was like oh yeah I've never thought about that you know yeah. <laughs> those things and I like I, never I, had to like critically think about yeah 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 that you've heard yeah. never had to like feel like th think that through in my own head yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and I like hearing it back I'm like oh what huh and like now <laughs> you have to try and explain yeah yeah you yeah. try to explain to them and I remember like kind of wrestling with with some of those things and realizing that like there wasn't always like an easy answer for them like there was for a lot of stuff in in my life it felt like if i was like in like a math class or something i'm just like oh well you know i just know this stuff because it's kind of intuitive or like you know whatever but i felt like when i started like looking at real like spiritual stuff that it was it was like hard like i didn't understand yeah. everything about it you know when i started like taking it seriously um and so i think I feel like some some of that's just like fear, you know, like when you realize that you're like, well, I don't know, maybe yeah, fear maybe, of the unknown. Yeah, maybe like I shouldn't like think about this because yeah. it's like scary, you know. <laughs> the I ignorance think... is bliss for people. <laughs> yeah, ignorance is bliss. You're like, I think maybe... not gonna think about that too hard. Yeah, <laughs> I think maybe like I felt come with that some of that, and so at maybe like the end the end of kind of high school, I feel like I I was still like doing all the things you should be, you know, in quotations should be doing as a member of the church, but I felt like my heart wasn't really like in it. I felt mm -hmm. like I was kind of just like going through the motions sort of. And, and I felt like I was kind of just like wandering, not really knowing exactly what, what I like wanted to do. I had like just kind of ideas like, oh yeah, my life, you know, well, I'll go to college, I'll do things and stuff. And I had this idea like, well, yeah, you know, BYU is like the school I've liked since I was a kid. So I'll probably just go there. And so like my last, probably like my last year of, of high school, I kind of was, was just like doing what I wanted living my, my own life I had like a pretty serious girlfriend and just like hang out with her a lot and that was sort of like my life I was in like theater and that sort of stuff and then and then we I ended up going up to BYU right for, so I got into BYU did my first semester there so this is in 2017 mm -hmm. so I graduated 2017 and 
I go to BYU. And that was kind of the first time where I was like on my own, which I mean, obviously, <laughs> but like I realized that it was like up to me if I wanted to actually do stuff or not. Do were stuff. you, were you deciding, sorry to interrupt you, but Very were good. you deciding between a mission right away or to go to college? Did you yeah. Choose college first? No, definitely. Like, and it, the thing is that I don't really feel like it was like a, it was kind of just like a delayed thing. Cause like the mission, the idea of that was really scary for me mm-hmm. of yeah. like, man, like, I don't like to think about that. <laughs> so yeah. I'd be like, let me just, I'm just going to go to college. And like people, you know, like at that age, some people in my, my ward would start asking me like, oh, are you planning to go on a mission? Or like, you know, what are you going to do? Or they just kind of like ask the question. You can tell that they're like asking, they're like, yeah. they're like, do you want to go on a mission? Yeah. You know, you know. And you're like, so what are your plans for <laughs> yeah. the next two years? Next year, like, <laughs> but, and I remember just being like, oh yeah, I'm probably going to do a bit of college, you know, like sort of with the implication that maybe I would do a mission afterward. You but answered I, in an equally vague way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly i matched their vagueness (laughs) well said well said yeah and so i came i came to byu right and it was i didn't know really exactly what i wanted to like study that sort of thing so i like was like oh yeah i'll be like english or whatever Mm -hmm. which is funny now because now i actually am studying english and it's like on purpose but uh back then it was just like on accident (laughs) and and i was like yeah i just like picked a bunch of classes and just sent it but i remember being in provo kind of living on my own that like it was just different and I kind of felt started to feel this kind of like a like an emptiness in my life and I couldn't really figure out what it was like coming from and I was just like oh I guess I just don't you know I don't have like a community of friends my family's not like you're that close I would like go and visit them every now and again but I really feel like deep down it was just kind of like a lack of like identity like I didn't really know like who I was and it was right as I was thinking about this week this one experience I had kept like coming back to my head that was in this like theater class right because I, I did theater and stuff so I was like oh maybe I want to study that again in, in college like this theater class and there's like this exercise we did that's like an actual like official theater thing mm-hmm. i don't remember the name for it there's like an official name for it but it's where you have like a partner and you have like some they say something to you it's supposed to be like a compliment and then you like look in their eyes and you just like say it back and forth like 10 times or something that sounds so right <laughs> right but it's, it's supposed to get like real deep into like your soul and everything but i'm i'm definitely not that kind of like real deep like person like, like that feels yeah 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 but I remember, so I go and there's this kid in my class who I was like kind of friends-ish with. I remember when it's like my turn, he goes up to me and he says, I feel like you know who you are. Like he said that to me. And I remember this, it's like this, the thing is like the more times you say this, it's like your wall's supposed to come down. You're supposed to like really start to, to understand each other. Right. And I remember like him just like him looking at me and just being like, dude, like, no, I don't. <laughs> like, I remember I like would repeat it back to him. And I remember the teacher coming up at the end of class and be like, how did it go? And he was like, I don't know. I just don't really feel anything. And I was like, dude, it's because like, you just don't actually know me at all. Like, that's like the last thing you could say that would be true. And that was weird because like, I hadn't like really thought that through necessarily, but I just. And it I, sounds like you haven't really said that out loud yeah, to anybody. No, it definitely not. And when you verbalize it, it becomes real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's facts. It was like someone else verbalizing it. Was, it was me. I know, right? Like, <laughs> like he verbalized it too. Me and I was like, why is it like the one phrase he picks is like this one that's like the exact opposite of how I feel. <laughs> but I don't know, dude. It was crazy. But I feel like that was kind of just like a theme of that part of my life, I guess. I, just, I didn't know who I was. Like, I didn't know that I was like a child of God. I didn't know what my purpose was in life. Like, I was just sort of, I don't know. I'm just going, I'm just, just walking, wandering, just wandering through. through. Emotions. Going through the motions sort of thing. Yeah. That's relatable, I feel like, to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Groundhog Day. And <laughs> Groundhog Day, it's real. And so... At that time, like some of my roommates were like sorting the church, some of them were like kind of iffy. And so I would go like every now and again. Eventually, I just like kind of stopped going and was like, oh, it's whatever. You know, I, I like never like read scriptures or prayed or those sort of things, which is weird because that's like totally something that my parents like. Yeah, was that a habit you fell do. out of after you moved out of? I definitely like read the scriptures in like high school for like seminary and that sort of thing, but I don't feel like I really like personally prayed very much, hmm. like individually. And and I don't feel like I can really like blame anyone for that because I definitely had like good parents, good teachers who like told me, you know, we should do these things are important. They like make you happy and that sort of thing. I feel like it was just something that I didn't ever do. Like I would like my own choice that I just never like thought it was that important, I guess. Yeah. And so, so yeah. And I remember even like my bishop that first like semester of BYU like calls me in and says like, hey, we, we were like thinking like about you being already as an elder. Like, what do you think about that? You know, and I remember just like thinking in my head. I just need to get through this interview. Like, I'm never going to talk to this guy again. Like, he doesn't know my life at all. Like, and like, again, it's sort of like something that I don't know. Like, I was, I hadn't like thought that through until the moment. And then I was just like, no, dude, like, you don't know anything about me. Like, and I, and I wasn't ready to open up to him or like anyone about it. And so I just, 
I just, you know, just kind of like kept my head down. And then I think I can go to church for like two weeks or something. And then he sort of was like, okay, well, I guess. Just it, just, it sounds to me like it was coming from a deep place of like shame. Yeah. Yeah, I do. You were raised one no, way and then you kind of slowly. Yeah. I feel like that's how it is a lot of times when people stop doing those like simple habits for the things they, they grew up doing. Mm-hmm. And it's like this slow decline or this slow pushing away yeah. or pulling away from the gospel. And all of a sudden you hit this day and you're like, holy crap. Like, no, yeah. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think it like, it is a lot. I've I've like learned about the difference between like guilt and shame, you know, where like guilt is like, can be productive. If you're like, I feel bad for that thing, therefore I don't want to do it again. But like shame is like, I feel bad for this thing, therefore I'm going to hide it. Mm-hmm. Or like, I don't want to address it, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I felt like that was a, a lot of, and again, this pressure wasn't like from other people. I feel like it was for myself that I was like, I should like be on a mission right now. Mm-hmm. And like, but I'm just here. And I'm and, and, like, what am I doing? I don't know. But like, I can't address that. Like, I just need to just bury it all, you know? And <laughs> yeah. It's, it's numbing yeah. yeah. And like, you know, hearing that said back now, yeah, I'm like, that's terrible. Place. But like, it, no, we've at all the time, at the yeah. time, you know, yeah, I thought it made weird. sense. Yeah. But yeah, so I had, that was kind of like my first semester at BYU. Uh, needless to say, did not have a very good experience. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and for some reason, I like, I tried to like, I was like, oh, well, I guess BYU is not the place for me, right? Like, it, it must be just, like, the expectation is too high or, like, whatever. I don't know. And so I'm like, well, maybe I should just go to, like, I, I started thinking about this other community college that's back in Salt Lake. It's called, like, Salt Lake Community College, right? And and I was like, well, I could, it's, like, cheaper. I have, like, like a scholarship, those sort of things. Like, it'd be fine. I should do that. And so I started, like, really considering that. And I was like, well, yeah, I guess that's sort of what I'm doing. But there was, like, some part of me that recognized, like, that's sort of, like, you running away from your problems. And... And so what I decided to do is I was like, it was like a certain point where I had to make the decision, right? It was like this week, you need to like apply for the school. You're not going to be able to get in. And I decided to go to the temple like that week. And so I go, I go there and I remember like sitting in, which I, I, I like, dude, that's probably been like months before that I hadn't been to the temple in like a long time. And I remember sitting in like the baptistry. I remember like reading scriptures. And I remember I had like this phrase come into my head um, that I, I was just, I, it was the first time where I feel like I really asked God something where I was like, okay, maybe I need to like know this. And I was like, God, should I stay here? Or like, should I like go somewhere else? Or what should I do? You know? And I had this phrase come into my head that has been really powerful like ever since then, which is, I felt like God just told me it, it doesn't matter where you go as long as you stay in the church. Mm-hmm. And, and I was kind of like, huh. And, and like, in that moment, I didn't really realize that I wasn't really like in the church. I'm, I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of in the church. So whatever. So I guess it's cool then. So, so anyway, I leave BYU and I'm going to this community college. I did that for like a couple semesters. But after that, I ended up just starting working full time there at, in Salt Lake. And But I, I think that that it was like good in some respects because it was I was there close with my family. Like I could kind of talk through them, talk through stuff with them. And I think that time... It gave me room also to like start to really examine what I wanted out of life. Mm-hmm. And I started kind of working through a little bit of like self-judgment that I was doing. And and I had like some really, really good friends that I like have to thank to, to this day for like just helping me through stuff like that. Like I, w- I would like go to church more consistently there. I started going to like YSA ward and I had like, I wrote down a couple people I wanted to like point out because they were awesome. Yeah, um, please do. So my sister would do this thing with me. So she worked at MTC at the time. And so she was like, hey, we should read like a talk every week and just like talk about it, you know? And, I, and it was like a super small thing, but like, I feel like that's one of the ways that my testimony really started like building, you know, mm. was just like on these like little things, like little discussions I would have. And I like, we'd read through and I just like think about stuff or like, I would start, I would like, I would be reading the Book of Mormon at that point. And I think by then I recognized that I was like, I do want to have more purpose in my life. Yeah. I just don't necessarily know where that's coming, going to come from. But I was like, well, I mean, you know, my whole family's like been in the church stuff. I should probably just like try this, see what happens, read the Book of Mormon, those sort of things. And then I had this one friend of mine that summer. I don't remember which year this is, but like, I think that that's the summer right after that, that she invites me to come on this temple trip that was like, they were going to go to like, like 13 temples or something all in Utah. Wow. It's going to be like a whole, like a, like a three, four day thing over like spring break. Right. And that was like. Wow, that that was like the best decision I ever made. <laughs> just to go with them. We do baptisms at every temple. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like we would go. It was like probably like five or six of us. We were all like really good friends at the time, and and we were just like let's drive through. We like stay at like hotels, and then we just like go to the temple, go to the temple, go to the temple, and and I was kind of like, 
still trying to figure stuff out, but I was like, yeah, I think this is really good, you know? And I don't feel like I'd necessarily been in like an like social environment like that for like a really long time where it was like everyone is here, like trying to encourage everyone to be like better. I don't know. Yeah. Just like, like everyone wanting to be spiritual together, you know, no, no one being like, oh yeah, but like that's a joke, you know, it's like whatever. Because <laughs> sometimes that's the way it gets in theater a little bit. Yeah. And, and, and like BYU, I didn't really have like friends really at all. Well, so, even even here in Utah, I think some of the culture is like you don't want to be, quote unquote, too good. Right, you don't want to be like a goody yeah. two shoes or yeah. something. Which or, is sad, but no, like, it is sad. being bad is gonna keep me like away from the crowd and unique. Mm-hmm. And no, like so, true. not being with the church is like more. Unique. Which yeah. I think is like part of human nature. Like you want to be unique, but yeah. in the specific case. You don't really want to be unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which was what you don't realize. Like, you can be unique. You just can be, like, a part of the group, and you're still unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So true. true. But, yeah, so anyway, I go on this temple trip, and it was, like, really, really cool. A lot of good experiences with that. But I think, like, the big experience that kind of changed me from that is, like, the weekend after. So I come home. So I'm in, the, I'm in this, like, YSA where to have a... Um, we're doing... I think it was still teaching at that point. My companion's named John Hancock. <laughs> he's an awesome guy he's like that's, he's like he's like in he's like in like a master's degree or something like medical school i don't even wow. know but but like we would go and like visit people on my sundays usually right so this one day like after church we go uh, like down into like my ward building we're just like meeting with one of our like people that we that we home teach you know and she starts like telling us about like this like really hard stuff that she's going through in her life oh, like she was like yeah i was like in this abusive relationship and i'm trying to like get through this but i don't really have like I don't feel like I'm far away from God and stuff like that. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, what the heck are we supposed to say to this, you know? Yeah. And this was like, it was like three days after I'd gotten back from this, this trip of like going to the temple and stuff. And it was crazy because it was the first time that I ever felt like the spirit just kind of like took over. And I just like looked at her and like to this day, I could not even tell you what I said to her. Mm. Like I said something like comforting. Like I said, like God has a plan for you. He loves you. But it was like, I felt that it was like something more than me that was speaking oh. and and i feel like that was like that was the first time where i was like holy frick guys god is real yeah. <laughs> like 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 i knew that you know like it, conceptually but i feel like in like in a spirit experiential way yeah. like i really understood that and i was like oh my gosh and so that was that was where i would say probably like the start of my like real testimony was that which is which again i can just thank like my friends for taking me on that trip and for getting me on that level and stuff so from there i just started like slowly building and and those sort of things and keep on like studying the scriptures and trying to learn more things so i said i I was like working full-time i worked at like this this children's museum downtown salt lake it was a really good experience and i would like bring the book of mormon with me there sometimes and i'd just be like reading and i'd be like okay well i've got to like figure this out now you know i know god's real is this church his church you know (laughs) and so i just started were you open about kind of what you were thinking at that time with anybody around you but like wanting to be wanting to know if the church was true i think like yes like i think i don't remember exactly i I know that i had some conversations like with my parents about it where Mm -hmm. i was where i like i think i told them about that that what happened to me there and i remember i started going to like this institute that my friend was doing at like a college there in salt lake and i remember like i think i told my friend some of the stuff and then I would tell like my parents other kind of, and it was kind of like patches. I, I don't feel like anyone knew like the complete story. Yeah. Like all the way through. I feel like my sister probably got like the most of anything just because we had those kind of like weekly calls and stuff. And I would just be like, okay, well, I mean, we're talking about spiritual stuff. So here, yeah. <laughs> let me be real with you. Um, so that was, that was really awesome. Um, I definitely felt like supported. Like every time I would like share it with people, even if I didn't want to share them, like the whole story, like I would, they were like, wow, that's really awesome that you're trying to work through this, you know? And um, let's, talk about this more or like things like that Um, and was it more like or i guess this is probably like all in one like mm. your identity with your knowledge and your testimony of the church and is this church true and is where am i supposed to do right now you know what i mean all kind of encompassed in one would you say yeah i would say so i would say so i mean like i i felt like well i mean these experiences that i've had were like direct result of doing things in this church yeah. so it's like it's got to have some kind of connection there but i just wanted to be like sure yeah you know? i wanted to be concrete i wanted to be concrete that i was like okay you know well god if you showed me that you're real can you just like show me that the rest is real too you know and it, it built like little by little i remember oh yeah actually i, I totally forgot about that i remember one time having this conversation with my sister where she said like she was like 
well, here's what we really need to think is like, when someone says like the church is true, like what does that really mean to you? That's that's just kind of like jargon. Mm-hmm. Like the church is true or like the Book of Mormon is true. Like, like what, what that's and she's like, that's not the way I would describe it, describe it for myself. You know, like I would say when I read the book, I feel really good and I feel like close to God. And I remember just being like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, holy cow. I was like, well, I could say that, you know, because yeah. because like I kind of said, like, I'm a, a bit of like a perfectionist. And I, I feel like I don't I wouldn't want to say something that I didn't feel like was true. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if if I'm like, well, what is what does it mean? Like the Roman is true. So like, I'm not going to say that because I don't feel like I can confidently even understand what that's saying. Mm-hmm. But like that was subconsciously. Most of it would just be like, well, I guess I'm not going to have a testimony like to that point yet. Hmm. But I, I didn't like I wasn't looking at it from like a personal perspective, really. Yeah. That's some good insight because it's not like I think when someone says that the church is true or the Book of Mormon is true, it's like this is all or nothing. It's 100 percent true mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or it's 50 percent. Yeah. Or sorry, or zero or percent true, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a really good distinction that it's like it feels good. Anytime I read it, it feels good. Anytime I I I preach on it, it feels good. Anytime I share it with other people, it feels good. You yeah. know, like yeah. the feeling of good is <laughs> true. Right. But I think the word true in itself is very all encompassing yeah. and scary. Yeah. No, it can be to totally someone scary. who's so it's perfectionist. Kind of, it's kind of cliched nowadays too, yeah. how much you hear it. Say. Yeah. And really what you're just saying is you come to know truth from the feelings you get about mm-hmm. it in this specific so context. So yeah. true. And I mean, even just saying like, well, when I apply the principles that I read in this book into my life, my life is better. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm happier when I'm reading them. You know, therefore like, that and that. Yeah. yeah. And like that, those are things I could definitely already say. I just didn't like hadn't made that connection. That, yeah, that was what yeah, people yeah, actually yeah. meant when they said yeah. that, you know, you know, and I, I bet you're not but probably the only one who thinks that, you know, it's like, well, like, yeah, it feels good. And yeah, I really like it. But like, do I know it's true? You yeah, know, yeah, just yeah. like that whole like assurance that well, it true is. is a it's a big claim. It you is, know? yeah, yeah. No, it is. It's like so I can never denounce this ever in my life, kind of thing. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, have yeah. That so true on the line. I don't know if I yeah, know, yeah, yeah. No, it feels like a very like monumental decision. Yeah. You're like once you say that, you can't take it's it over. Down. Your yeah. life's done. You know, but it's like that's just like, not how God yeah. works. Unfortunately, yeah, no, no. I love this. I love this story too because you're living so much in integrity, like yeah. your own integrity. You 100%. don't want to say it because you don't understand what that means yeah, mm. yeah. i admire yeah. that for sure. i think it was it, i was very like grateful that people could be like hey okay well maybe like that's not what people are actually even saying when they say that you know yeah. they have like a deeper meaning where it's just like that's easier for everyone to kind of yeah collectively exactly. you know like i don't think there's anything bad about saying that i just feel like you want to be clear that what you mean by that as well you know yeah, yeah. it's like when you say i love you in a relationship right yeah. What do you mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's like if you say that, but you never actually explain like what that means to you yeah. personally, then it's like. Yeah. Okay. I remember, sorry, I'm going to oh. derail real quick. Go for it. I remember <laughs> one time I was like 14, right? Uh-huh. And I was, I hated like cliche things on the pulpit. It made, it just boils me. I'm like, just, can you say it with some more passion? Because. <laughs> That sounds bank. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't believe you, you know? I don't believe and you. So, and so one time I get up there as my 14-year-old self, just imagine. I was like, I believe this is true because I do this every day. And then I was like, and I love all of you guys because I show it this way or something like that. I was making it super intentional. That's so cool. This super cliche line and saying like, and this is my action towards it. And I just remember, like, this old lady going up here and says, it was just so, so, so beautiful and intentional. And I was like, thank you. It's like, that means me. You're like, dang right it was intentional. That's what I did do. We're not going to just get up here and say words. We're going to get up here and say words because no, we them. No, words matter. Yes. Words matter. Like, literally. That's, like, why I'm studying English. <laughs> because, like, the difference between that and that is, like, the difference of someone not understanding what you mean and understanding what you yeah. mean, you know? Yeah. Of, like, exactly. everyone being confused versus... So true. Okay, sorry to derail. Well, that's My great. Bad. That's great. That's a great example. Yeah. That's wonderful. I'm, I wish I had that when I was 14. <laughs> I was, like, I was like 19 when that was happening to me. So, it's like... I was hitting people in that play. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Okay, where so your right. sister told you. <laughs> oh yeah, truth so is not made, just yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. right. Okay, yeah. And so from there, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, well, I mean, like, I do kind of, I guess, know the church is true in some sense. Then you know, yeah. and I remember that I started thinking like, well, you know, what's like the next step for me? Because I was like, I want, I like, I feel like going on a mission is a good thing that I should like want to move for, but I feel like I'm not there, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, maybe I should like think about getting in doubt, you know, because I was nineteen, like twenty at this point. 
And I was like, well, well, what would that look like? You know? And so I start, I start looking like through like the temple, like recommend questions for like getting an endowment. I've, I've like read through those probably like a hundred times, mm -hmm. like, and just being like, like every scrutinizing every word, like, what does this mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I remember like it, it's saying stuff like it says, do you have faith and a testimony of this? And I'm like, okay, well I have faith, but I don't have a testimony. Like what's the, you know, how do I get the difference between those? Yeah. You know? And it's like, why are those in the same sentence? <laughs> how are they connected? Yeah. And trying to like figure, figure that out. And I think the reality is that that is like just a, a really long process that like I had to go through of like. It's, I don't know, it's, it's like the process of like a convert to like the church mm -hmm. sort of thing, you know, of just being like, it's not something that you're necessarily going to feel in one day, but it's something that you are going to work through and you're going to keep praying about it, keep thinking about it. Like I would like read my scriptures every morning. I would like ask God to help me figure out where my testimony is at, you know, how can I like build it? And I don't really feel like it was that there was ever like a snap moment where I was like, yeah. boom, I know. I really like the metaphor better of like the sunrise, you know, of just like mm. little by little, the light growing, light growing in my life. And I remember like having experience where I'd be like, you know, if I look at my life right now, like it is better than it was mm -hmm. like three months ago or whatever. And, and so I start, um, kind of like working through that and it was, it was very cool. I remember one of these days, another scripture I wanted to like share though, I thought was awesome is I was reading like in, I was reading through the book of Mormon. I think I already finished like one time, reading through the second time. And, and I get to the part when it's talking about Nephi, um, like seeing his father's vision, right? This is in First Nephi chapter 11, which read like a week ago, don't follow me or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember that I read this, the verse, verse two in chapter 11, where the angel says to him, says like, what desirest thou? And he's like, I desire to see the, the tree of my father, you know, the vision and everything. And I remember like reading that, when I read that, I felt like the way that Joseph Smith describes where he says like, never has a scripture struck someone so strongly as that scripture struck me. I remember like sitting there at work, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like God is literally speaking to me right now. Like he's saying, what do you really want out of your life? You know, do you want to just like continue living in this sort of like half in half out state that you're mm -hmm. in? Or do you want to like full commit to my gospel? Because like, if you want to just continue on this course you're on, like, that's fine. You have that choice. You know, like you com completely honoring your agency. Mm -hmm. But if you want to be like truly happy, you're going to need to make sacrifices that, that I have prepared for you, you know? And I remember just being like, holy cow, I need to like, it, it was like, you had, I had to like change like who I was, you know? Yeah. And I, it was a really like long process and everything. <laughs> but I've, I just love that verse and coming back to it, just like, what do I really want out of my life? You know, what do I, do, what do I really, where do I really want to see myself? Do I want God to be like the most important thing in my life I mean, or we not? Were, we were talking about that in, in state conference today. Right, and that, like that was good. Something that President Nelson's been really drilling home lately is begin with the end in mind. Mm -hmm. He brought it up from the first conference talk he ever gave to, to now. It's like that exact question. Like, what desires thou? Like, what do you actually want right now? Yeah. And this whole time that you've been explaining this, I've just been thinking, I can't even imagine just how proud God was and is of you for being that honest. I was just gonna say yeah. about about wanting those things because I feel like at least in my own life, I went through and just took everything with a grain of salt. You know, I just I just relied on other people's testimony and I kind of jumped in on a mission because I felt like it was the right thing to do, really out of a sense of duty more than anything. And I kind of learned the hard way through those experiences of just like 100%. kind of just going through the motions. You know, kind of like what you're describing in high school. But I can't even imagine what would have happened in my life if I would have done that same thing and been like, well, I actually should figure these things out right now. Like, I can't even imagine just how happy that made God for you to sit down and say, can you just tell me that these things are what I think they are? Yeah. That's very admirable because yeah. despite <laughs> everybody else's opinions of you, whatever they had, you were just like, I'm going to sit down and figure this out with God. I don't care how long it's going to take me. I'm going to sit down and figure it out. And well, and even to be a to be a twenty like, year old in Utah with the good hand on his shoulders and having not been on a mission yet, like you're gonna get asked questions. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. probably hard to deal with. But man, that that integrity that's that really is admirable. Like that. what Bray said. No, I mean I appreciate that perspective. Like it's good to hear that way. I really, I really just feel like I just to this day just have to like thank God for being that patient with me of just mm -hmm. like working through it. You know. I'm just I'm being... sure it was his pleasure. I, <laughs> I mean that. But of just being like, I remember just so many times feeling so like inadequate, just being like, why can't I get like through this, you know, or like, 
like thinking maybe I should have just gone on my mission, you know, like, yeah. and like it would have just worked out, you know, like, is that maybe I just don't have enough faith to do those things. But I really feel like that process is what I needed to go through to like become the person that I am today mm-hmm. is because like, yeah. heck yeah, it's, you know, everyone has their own journey and everything, but I, I feel like that's what, that's what God was like. I need you to be at this spot before you're, you're ready to go. And I remember even like, I remember this one time, like I'm, I'm talking with my mom about it. And, and I remember I said like, so one time I just, I'm like, what if, what if it's like too late? What if like my time for like me to go on a mission is like past, you know, what if it's like going to work out and I should have just figured it out by now. And I remember that I just really just felt like reassured that God was like, that's still something I want for you. You know, like, I don't care how long it's going to take. Like that God is just so, so like abundantly patient mm-hmm. and just like loves you. Like no matter what, yeah, you know, for sure. and that is just awesome i love god yeah well that that's such a that's such a perfect perspective of god's character too because you mentioned earlier when you were growing up you didn't know who you were Mm. and i feel like as byproduct of not knowing who you are you're not going to know who god is either yeah so true as you start to understand who god's what god's character is you're going to start to understand who you are as a person and for you to sit here now and say god is so incredibly and abundantly patient and I love him for that. Like that's, that's freaking growth right there. Yeah. That hypes me right up. Yeah. And I've never heard someone say it like that with so much conviction. Yeah. I for real. It's so energizing. Yeah, that's the only word I have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I also think too, one of the most things I think is admirable about this story, at least for me, a mission super structured. Like mm-hmm. I was not a scripture reader. I did not read scriptures. I knew what scriptures were. I knew what some stories were, but I didn't read scriptures. And the mission was super structured. And the fact is like, well, you ain't got a choice. You got to read scriptures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you ain't got a choice. You got to do this this hour. You know what I mean? Right, right. And so I think it's really cool that a kid at your age was able to just do that without the structure, you know? And I think that's why, like, a mission is good for people for the structure but also there's so many people who can strive without the structure yo i was not one i would have been way gone if i didn't go on a mission <laughs> way out of here no that's 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 fair though like i think everyone does have their own journey with that but i think that like you know god puts like structures in our lives to help us to get where he where like yeah where we you know like like in theory if if you just like Ah oh, man, because because I, I think about like if I was in high school and I just like taken seminary seriously mm-hmm. and I've been like actually going to do this work now, you know, <laughs> then like I'm sure I could have gotten like there a lot faster. But like God was like, okay, well I know this guy's going to take another few times, so let's <laughs> you know let's like work through it. And it's like I just I ah, man, I think a principle I love that I would always try to teach just in my life is just like that God is not trying to make His children make good choices; He wants them to choose to make good choices, you know. And he's going to wait for you as long as it takes for you to make that choice. You know, like there's no amount of time in which he's going to force you. And so I think that like, yes, even though it felt like a million opportunities already passed for me to like have made these better choices earlier, right? Like I, it wouldn't have been me. That would have been God forcing me to do it. And it took, it really took like getting humbled to that point of being like, man, I'm like, I'm not happy with my life. I'm not happy where I'm at. That I had to be like, okay, well, what do you really want then? And then do you willing to put in the work to get there? It's that, it's that rock bottom principle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that moment when you ask that is, that's yeah. where change starts, right? Yeah. That no, and it's, it's a continual process. That, Sorry, did that you derail you? No. <laughs> cosmic curriculum. It's awesome. Yeah. It's a great. Don't geek out. That's not the Ray, you've said that before on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I worked, I worked through that for like a really long time. I ended up going through the temple, getting endowed, and I ended up going on a mission when I was 21. And both fantastic experiences. Mission is easily the best decision I've ever made in my life. Mm-hmm. Gosh dang. Um, Freaking, when I was on the mission, I went when I was 18. Mm-hmm. And the people that waited till they were 20, 21, they were the biggest studs of missionaries. <laughs> they they made a huge difference in my life. I can't even imagine how awesome a missionary you were. Like, for real. It was, it was all right. I tried. I mean, you're <laughs> just spitting facts here. I yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. But I had when I was like thinking about how I could like share this, I I had my mom send me a a recording of like my farewell talk, and I wanted to like read a part of it if that's okay. Yeah, heck yeah. That that was kind of just like so I talked a lot about like kind of moving mountains and stuff, and I just talked about like my like personal journey. 
And and I really felt like I should share like a, a specific story about how I felt like God had like changed me and kind of like moved mountains mm-hmm. in my life. It's a little bit long. If it gets so long, you guys can tell me. Yeah. <laughs> but, go, for, go for it. But this is like a part of my my farewell talk that I, I gave right in my ward. So I said, going on a mission is is something I've struggled with for a very long time. When I turned 18, a lot of people expected me to go, but I didn't feel like I was there emotionally or spiritually. I did feel, though, that I wanted to be there, and that caused a lot of anger and self-judgment I've had to work through. It felt to me like I dug myself into a pit I couldn't get out of. Sometimes I wondered if I should have just gone, even though I didn't feel ready. I spent a lot of time feeling frustrated and wishing that I was more than I was. One such day, I was reading the Book of Mormon at the place I worked, and one of the customers, an older woman, came up to me. She, I assume, was a member of the church, and noticing what I was reading, asked if I was going on a mission. I remember a lot of emotions boiling up in that moment. I politely told her I might be, but I wasn't sure. She, I think, very quickly realized that she'd asked a loaded question and left. (laughs) After she was gone, I remember thinking, how dare she ask me that? She has no idea how painful of a question that is for me. (laughs) Months later, I was thinking about that experience. I dwelt on it far too many times, always with those same bitter words echoing in my mind, how dare she ask me that? And I think one reason I kept thinking on it is because the Lord was trying to teach me something, something I was in no way wanting to learn. One day, though, this experience was brought to my mind again, except I started to think about it in a new way. I remembered the story from the New Testament of the woman taken in adultery, and I pictured myself as the Pharisees in this story, and the older woman from my workplace as the woman taken in adultery. I remember vividly picturing me as a Pharisee, throwing the woman before Jesus Christ, and demanding that he condemn her. I wanted my vengeance to be dubbed virtue. And I remember most powerfully, In this strange meld of gospel story and my real life, Jesus looking up at me and saying in a kind, gentle, and non-judgmental voice, I know which one of you needs forgiveness. This poor woman had done nothing but try to connect with a stranger. And I had refused to, not only that, but I judged her for months after in my mind. In that moment, as I finally came to the realization that it was me, not her, that was poisoning my spiritual growth, I fell to my knees and I earnestly prayed for forgiveness. I had hardened my heart against this poor woman. And I had turned my anger and hurt and hate into a mountain, and I refused to let the Lord move it for far too long. Letting go of my mountain of, bigger, of bitterness in that moment was one of the most difficult and the most beautiful things I've ever done. I know that it brought me so much closer to where I am today, to this pulpit where I can testify that the Lord truly moves mountains, because I know he moved that one for me. Mm. Dang. That was really cool. That's, that's powerful, man. Yeah, it was it was very proper for me. Yeah. <laughs> that is powerful. Stunned. I know, I'm stunned this week. I think one thing that I took from that at least is that you said something perfectly. Don't know the exact words, but you said that you were poisoning your own spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes I think sometimes that's so true because we don't allow God to give us to give us the what's the opposite of venom antidote antidote sure not the word i was saying the cure but the cure there we go (laughs) we don't allow god to give us the cure to to help us get out of that poison and i think i know in my own life that that's that's definitely a thing i'm too stubborn to to do it his way you know Mm -hmm. i want to do it my way and i know my way will work but it's not the way that the lord needs me to learn and i think that that takes a lot of humility Mm. to to do that well and i feel like in a big way in your own story the the cure was was grace in a lot of way Mm -hmm. for other people around you but for yourself especially because so true that that story that you just shared was like the the reaction you had to that interaction was very like shaming to yourself mm-hmm. and and the fact that you're able to come out and speak in front of a congregation of people before you leave on your mission mm-hmm. and say this happened is that's it everybody goes through that journey of shame i think at some point in their life and when you're able to get vulnerable enough and honest enough to to overcome that shame and be like this is how god helped me out of here we just need to freaking stop shaming yourself for going through struggles yeah. before like this this story is so powerful because not everybody has the same timeline when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and the covenant path. And just because you're not on a mission when the second you graduate high school doesn't mean you're not on the right path yeah. for yeah. yourself right now. Just so because true. you're not married and you're 29 years old doesn't mean you're not on the right path right now. Mm-hmm. 
And the reason, like the thing that just keeps people away from God is, is that shame. And I think that that story is so powerful overcoming through, through grace. I think we've said this before on the podcast, but the one thing that conquers shame is vulnerability. The more that you're vulnerable with people and you're vulnerable with yourself and God, the more that shame is casted out. And so he's just like, yeah, I messed up in that interaction and I'm okay with it now, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. Cause I have that like written on my wall. I have a thing that says the vulnerable receive help. Mm. Like if you want God's help, you have to ask, you know, you have to be like, I need your help. Yeah. And I think that that's so many times, like you in a situation like that, you think about, um, the parts of it that are out of your control. Like, well, this person's like, I feel like they're judging me, you know, you're like, okay, you can still affect, you can like change the way that that's affecting you, you know, because you're still choosing to hold that in you, you know, and and you're choosing to, to let that something like cloud your judgment. And I feel like so much of, of my like journey of, of getting, being able to go on a mission, you know, was, was just letting go of that self-judgment, like you're saying, Aaron, of just being like, this is where I'm at. And God knows this is where I'm at. And he's okay with helping me move forward. You Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. I remember like, on my mission that this is probably like two thirds of the way through that I remember I, I met this just like random dude, like one time at like a, like a conference, there's, it's like another, like, a, I don't know, just like a member of the stake. Right. And he, he goes like, Oh, how, you know, how old are, how old are your elders? You know? And I was like, Oh, I'm 20. I think I was 22. Maybe I was 23. By the end of my mission, I was 23. And he goes, Oh, okay. So are you a convert? And I was like, no, no, I, I just like went when I was 21 and he was like, Oh, okay. And I could see that he kind of just was like, what? You know, and he was like, so were you like not born in the church or stuff? I was like, no, I was born in the church. And I just didn't, I wasn't ready when I was 18. So I came when I was 21. And I remember like I, that, that, like that, that exact interaction I've been like so afraid of, mm-hmm. like for my entire life. Yeah. Someone having that. <laughs> and I remember being there on my mission and I was just like, I don't feel any shame. Like zero uh-huh. percent. Like I just feel like God knows this is where I'm, I am. And he, he knows the entire journey that he's taking to get me here. As you should. There's no reason we should have felt that way. And that, right. and that confidence in, okay, so I just want to ask you this question now. Sure. What's your identity? Like, who are you? Híjole, Aaron. That's a great question. <laughs> Number one, I am a child of God. Number two, I'm a child of the covenant. And three, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. But I think that, that ultimately, I am a flawed person who is trying to follow God and Jesus Christ. And that's okay. And that's okay. But it didn't it used to be okay for you. you it know didn't. I mean? Yeah. No, it used to be like, well, I'm I'm someone who hasn't done gotten their crap together. So <laughs> I suck. But you know, that's that's the way I used to think about it. But I'm glad that I don't think that way anymore. Holy cow. Hey, that was powerful. Yeah. yeah. yeah really this, was. this message was needed to be shared. For sure. I know a couple of people I can send this to. Yeah. Amen. I think that the biggest thing that you taught me is that we're on our own path. We're all our own spiritual journey. There's no reason to expedite the process. So true. And God is, he's just, God is so okay with wherever you're at on that mm-hmm. journey. The whole time that you're on that journey, like you're, even if you feel like you're moving farther away from God, I still feel like you're facing him, you know, mm-hmm. in your specific instance. Yeah. And that's literally the only thing that matters. You could be miles away from God and you're facing him and desiring to come closer to him. Man, he's going to be so proud of you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So true. It's pretty dope. Did you did you hit all the points you wanted to hit? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You kept interrupting. Yeah. Yeah. I know. No, no. no. Incredible. Yeah, no. That, that's that's pretty much what I've got. Yeah. Dang. Do you want to hit him with the with the final question, Ray? You got it, sir. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so I mean, you know this because you've listened to a few of our uh, episodes yeah. or a lot of our episodes. Oh wait, wait, wait! I want to tell one more thing really fast. Yeah, please. Do. I just want to tell how I got introduced this podcast because it's fantastic. <laughs> so my first ever Scared. ward prayer, I get here in in High Park when I moved oh, yeah. in. I'm like, I walk here, I walk into my first ward prayer, and I go, I need to talk to people because I need to have friends in this ward. And I walk up, I'm like, I'm gonna talk to one stranger. That's my goal. I walk up to Aaron and I'm like, Hey, dude, how's it going? I had no idea who he was, and I was just like. Hey, what's up? What's your life? I don't, I don't even remember like any of the conversation, but I remember he just tells me about this podcast that he's doing. And I was like, Aaron, that oh, okay. was your first thing? <laughs> no, no, this is what happened. That's what you let Rick. So it was your it was your apartment that was doing introductions. Oh, that's facts. Yeah. And you were well, you weren't there because you're inactive. But <laughs> Soraya was introducing you. We had the PowerPoint up and she's like, Bray's from Arizona. She played volleyball at, you know, whatever. I forget what college it was. And she has this podcast with Aaron. Yeah, that's right. Light. And then afterwards, 
It's funny you say that too, because that same word prayer, like I've been in the word for like two years at this point, and I still have such a hard time of like getting outside of myself mm-hmm. in that way. So I had that same goal in that word prayer. I was like, I just need to talk to one person. That's <laughs> and so yeah, Sawyer came up and he was like, wait, so you have a podcast with Prey? And that's how that. Yeah, that's yeah, hilarious. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. I'm totally sure I remember that now. And I remember I, I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess I'll listen to this. Like, I don't know what it is about. And I like go to my job. I listen to the first thing and I just like start bawling. I was like, like, holy cow, I'm going to listen to all of these. That was great. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, I just wanted to share that because it's I, awesome. We appreciate that for real. Thank yeah. you so much for listening to the episodes. So our our traditional, this is like what our podcast is all all based on. When we first when me and Bray had one of our really just collective brainstorming sessions before we started this podcast, we were like, what should we call this? And the the verse from Doctrine and Covenants, section 50, verse 24, things becoming lighter and lighter until the perfect day mm-hmm. coming into our head. And so we want to always bring things that might have been in the dark into the light. And that's why we call it into the light. So sorry for you right now and this at this point in your life, what is one thing that you want to bring into the light yeah i just think i want to bring god's love into the light and just like his understanding is so perfect there's nothing about you he doesn't understand and there's nothing about you that he doesn't love uh, he loves exactly where you're at right now and he wants you to help he wants to help you get farther you know mm-hmm. and i think he is infinitely patient infinitely kind and, and infinitely forgiving and so there's no there's no depth which you can dive into that he cannot rescue you Mm. and it has to be your choice you know to follow him and everything but there's nothing there's nothing that can stop someone who wants to change when they have jesus christ Mm. i'm sorry to everybody else who's been on this podcast before but that is the most important (laughs) thing that i've ever heard brought into the light on the podcast i agree there's no more important truth than that one right there i agree so I thank you so much for going yeah, on. Like for real. I just I'm so floored by how this I'm went. like on the brink of crying right now. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, because I so think happy. it's I think it's a message that is overlooked. Hmm. Let's say that. It's also like a cliche if you just say the words without actually meaning them. Right. And so I really appreciate your vulnerability with us today. And before we sign off, yeah. Everybody, please remember just how much God loves you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> If you get anything from Sawyer's story, that's it. And y'all are beautiful sons and daughters of God. And he loves you. So we're out of here. Until next time. Thank you, guys. (laughs) 